It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey guys, you know, coming up on A to Z, uh, the latest on the Atlanta Falcons and what their future could hold over the next four games. Plus, the only six teams that can win the Super Bowl and one more shortstop is off the board. That's next on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, I can't believe he did this. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. Appreciate you guys joining me as always. Give this follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, Matt Marks in M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, please. Check us out on Roku TV. Download that Amazon Fire Stick. Wherever you get your Roku TV, check out Locked On Sports Atlanta. Okay. Um, you know, we spent so much time in the beginning part of this week talking about Desmond Ritter taking over. Um, what seems to be have glossed over in Desmond Ritter taking over is now the impending exit of Marcus Mariota. Uh, and this is according to Josh Kendall in The Athletic. This came out late yesterday. Um, but apparently now it looks like Marcus Mariota is leaving the team. Um, and Arthur Smith, who is very, very um, guarded in press conferences, uh, and I know this because I've talked to him out of press conferences. You almost never see him uh, take a shot at a player ever in a press conference. And he did sort of take a veiled shot at Marcus Mariota on Monday. Uh, and we find out why on Tuesday. Uh, apparently, Marcus Mariota is having a knee issue that he wants to get looked at. And it could end up leading to surgery. Uh, the quote from Smith on Monday is, quote, the knee is nothing that has been an issue this season. That's Mariota's prerogative. So, of course, you want all your guys here, but your guys have to make decisions as part of professional sports. You have to have contingency plans. The fact that he said it's Mariota's prerogative is something that was the tipping point for me that made me understand really what is going on here. And again, according to Josh Kendall of The Athletic, Mariota looks like he's taking his ball and going home. Hence why the the reason that Atlanta had to sign Logan Woodside, who was a seventh-round draft pick in 2018 and on Tennessee's practice squad, um, to serve as the backup quarterback. So, um, you know, all this comes together, makes it look like that Mariota's ticked off that he is benched, doesn't believe he should be benched, and is now saying, screw it, I'm out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and as we sit here this morning and, and sort of try to evaluate what is going on, we may get more information that comes out later today. But you know, I'll tell you, uh, I didn't expect this from Marcus. Uh, I'm sure Arthur Smith is really ticked off, as he should be. Again, Arthur Smith is a guy that defends his players to the nth degree. I mean, he goes to the hill to defend his guys. Uh, and now, 
uh, all of a sudden his he's got a guy who's turning his back on him. And that's just and, and I can say this much about Arthur Smith. You know, again, um, he's about guys who want fit. He's not always about the best players. He's about fit, fit on the field, fit in the scheme, fit in personality, fit in the locker room. All those things matter. And all of a sudden, Marcus Mariota no longer became a fit for this team because of the decision that he chose to go get his knee looked at. Um, and again, I, I saw a couple of reports out there saying surgery was coming, um, but I don't. I haven't been able to verify that in any size, way, shape, or form for his knee. Um, and again, now I mean, the Falcons are going to cut him. They'll save $12 million in salary cap money next year and only 2.5 million dead cap. So this is, you know, reading the tea leaves here, this is all about um, – this is all about them trying to uh, separate themselves from Marcus Mariota here going forward. Uh, and I know nobody, nobody in the Falcons is nobody, none of the Falcons fans, I should say, are going to care. Like they're not going to lose any sleep or this not going to be upset, but it is going to be uh, a source of consternation a little bit uh, within the building for at least the way this thing went down. Now that said, speaking of sources of consternation, Touched on this yesterday here in ADZ, and I wanted to expound on it a little bit. And I've said this repeatedly, that you're not going to know anything of these four games other than what Marcus Mariota is. I'm sorry, what Desmond Ritter is as far as heading into next year. That's it. The only, the only reassurances you're going to get out of, Mar- out of Desmond Ritter, sorry, I keep doing that, out of Desmond Ritter, is that he will be your starter going into next season at training camp. That's it. There's nothing more you're going to have any certainty about. And here's the real rub, and here's the real challenge. If Desmond Ritter and the Falcons go 3-1 and one, uh, and somehow end up, you know, with a record that gets them into the playoffs at 8-9, and nine, um, what do you do in the draft? Like that's why again this is a this is no one's going to say this but this is a dangerous spot for the Falcons organizationally in the big picture. I know fans are excited for Ritter, they want to see what they have and the Falcons want to see what they have. And trust me, Arthur Smith believes that he thinks at this point that he's got the right guy. Right? I mean, he, if they have the right quarterback, okay, in Desmond Ritter for the next 3 years, you know what they have? salary control at quarterback, a whole lot of cap room, and the ability to get good very, very quickly and try and win a Super Bowl. That's what they have in front of them. Now, look, if Ritter stinks, it's easy, right? If Ritter stinks, you hope that you only have five wins, you're drafting inside the top six or seven, and a quarterback is there. And I already saw a mock that came out that had Will Levis going to the Falcons. And I will say this much. If that is the case, Falcons fans, you should be salivating at it. Will Levis would be to the Falcons what Ryan Tannehill was for um, Arthur Smith in Tennessee. Same body build, um, same big arm, uh, same sort of durability, ability to run with the ball. Like that is exactly what Arthur Smith wants. You talk about Arthur Smith, like, you know, reinventing Tannehill's career, he will establish Will Levis's career. That's my presumption based off of what I've seen from Will Levis in college, what I know of Arthur Smith. But if Ritter, let's say, goes two and two and seven and nine, and now you're picking fifteenth, um, or seven and ten rather, and and now you're picking like fifteenth or twelfth or, or whatever it is, 
Now you got to give away draft capital to go get a guy like that. And are you going to do it? Who knows? Like, it's really hard to figure out. I mean, hypothetically speaking, again, would Jimmy Garoppolo be a guy you'd go after? Maybe. I don't know. But this is a dangerous situation because even, let's say, hypothetically speaking, they go 4-0, and right? And they end up 9-8 and and they win the division. I know people are going to say, we found our quarterback, and I'm going to bring you back, 100% bring you back to Baker Mayfield's first four starts when he took over and Josh Allen's first four starts when he took over. Josh Allen looked like crap. Baker Mayfield looked like a stud. And now we learn that they are the exact opposite. I mean, yes, you've secured the fact that he's going to be the starter. But if you don't draft another quarterback, a franchise-level quarterback, a first-round pick-level quarterback, and by the way, both those guys I mentioned were first-round picks, one of them being a number one overall pick, and it hasn't worked out for one of those guys. Worked out great for Buffalo. They've got their quarterback in the future. What do the Falcons do? This is very much a tenuous situation from a front office standpoint going forward. If he balls out in four games, I'm sitting here telling you right now, there is no guarantee he will ball out over the rest of his time in a Falcons uniform. And if you think there is, you're lying to yourself. We have too many examples of that not being the case. Did Justin Fields look like a quarterback who was going to ball out in his first four games last year? Not only no, but hell no. He looked in over his head. He looked overmatched. Now, how does he look 20 games later, 25 games later? No, but different. That's why I say you're never going to know. That's a dangerous, dangerous spot. What are you willing to bet on? That's going to be the case. Speaking of betting, betonline.net, our fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, which the hot stove is going on. We'll get to that in a minute. Of course, the NFL, college football, Bowl season is here. NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, podcast scores. They've got you all covered. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, all right. You know, I, I put this out on Twitter and I was kind of surprised that. Um, that it didn't, well, it got some traction. I was more surprised at the reaction that it got than anything else because I really think that uh, people genuinely start to see um, more than what I see. And all I simply said was that if you look at it objectively, I think that there are only six teams right now that can win the Super Bowl. Six. Three from the NFC, three from the AFC. From the NFC, it's really easy. Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Fran. That's it. Minnesota's defense is really problematic, um, and uh, their offense at times shuts down. And again, oh, by the way, Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Francisco are the only teams in the NFC with a positive point differential greater than a touchdown and a two-point conversion. That's it. There are 16 teams in the NFC, 13 of them, okay, or I should say uh, 11 of them, have negative point differentials. The Detroit Lions have a plus two with one of the worst defenses in the league. And the Seahawks have a plus eight with one of the worst defenses in the league. Two of those teams also have two of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Make of that what you will. Viking, sorry. 
can't win that many close games and expect to do it in the playoffs three times in a row. So, no, I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. And obviously nobody from the NFC South is. So those are your teams in the NFC that can win a Super Bowl. Your teams in the AFC, well, we know. Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Cincinnati Bengals. It's no coincidence that those three teams have the highest point differential uh, in the AFC right now as well. And that's not the only barometer I'm using. Trust me, guys, it's not. Um, clearly, Buffalo and Kansas City are the two lead horses. Why the Bengals and not the Ravens? You've seen the way the Bengals have played lately? They've won five in a row, covered five in a row too as well, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, their defense is getting better each and every week. They are uh, very sound when it comes to their offensive philosophy, and their quarterback is fantastic. Yeah, the Ravens got a good quarterback too, but he's hurt, and no one knows if he's going to come back, when he's going to come back. And not only that, the Ravens have snuck by with way too many close wins over the past couple of weeks against inferior teams for me to believe that they were going to be able to pull it off in the playoffs. Sure, the Ravens have nine wins. Sure, they have won. You ready for this? Hmm. Six of their last seven. Let's run through the quarterbacks they've beaten. Jacoby Brissett. Tom Brady is pretty darn good, but that's about the only one. Andy Dalton, stinks. P.J. Walker, stinks. Trevor Lawrence, blah. That's the game they actually lost, by the way. Russell Wilson, blah. Mitch Trubisky, stinks. They haven't played a legitimate quarterback since they beat Joe Burrow back in week five. They lost to a legitimate quarterback in uh, Josh Allen. They lost to a legitimate quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa. And they're not going to play another legitimate quarterback, really, until they face the Bengals in the regular season finale. Now, they'll play uh, Deshaun Watson this week, but that's not the regular Deshaun Watson. We know that. He's not there yet. Beyond all that, when you play in the playoffs, when you're going to go through the AFC playoffs and you're going to see in successive rounds the idea of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen, you ain't beating those teams. You're not beating all three of those teams. You might be one of them. You ain't beating all three. So, no, the Ravens can't win a Super Bowl. Only six teams can win the Super Bowl this year, folks. That's it. Place your bets accordingly. Do it now. There's there's really not an argument I could make for anybody else today. Honestly, they could do it. Could Miami do it? No, their defense is way too problematic. Now, could they get hot enough, and do they have the right quarterback? Probably. If I had to flip a coin and say who would win it more likely, the Ravens or the Dolphins, I would only go with the Ravens based off of playoff experience and based off of the fact that they have a head coach that's gotten there and done it already. But there's really nobody else in the AFC that you could remotely trust, and certainly nobody in the NFC. I mean, the Lions might be a nice story if they get to the postseason, and I probably think they will at this point. But, come on. They're not good enough to beat Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Francisco in succession. They're just not. They're barely good enough to beat the Vikings. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't it, – it's just the landscape uh, this year. You've gotten six teams that have separated themselves from everybody else in this league, and everybody else is just chasing. No, I don't give the Chargers much of a chance. I, they, they can't stop the run, period. And Tennessee's defense is absolutely fantastic, but their offense is just awful. It's flat-out awful. So – you know, they, they have they have nothing offensively that's going to scare anybody. Like I said, make your bets accordingly. Those are the teams that 
can likely win the Super Bowl this year. And again, I thought I was going to be met with more consternation on the Twitters about it. Um, but most people tend to agree. It's pretty obvious at this point in time. You know, it's, it's pretty legit that uh, one of those six teams is going to do it. If you have another one, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. Because, uh, yeah. I'd love to hear you. I'd love to hear you think and do it outside of them. I don't see it. I genuinely, genuinely don't. So the NFL has been really weird this year. It has. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we had so many teams this year at the beginning of the year be better than we thought they were going to be the giants and the Seahawks. You know, uh, you had teams like again, green Bay and Tampa and the Rams who have struggled all year long. Like, it's not even like those teams are 500, they, they are 500 and struggling. They're, Below 500 and struggling. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. So much so that Aaron Rodgers might not play the rest of this year. I mean, Green Bay, although they mathematically still have a shot at the playoffs, but Rodgers might end up, you know, just hanging it up for you for a little bit. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see um, where this goes. And that's why, you know, not to look too far ahead, but you got a situation where um, you got a situation where Cowboys and Eagles are going to play each other on Christmas Eve. It's going to be a hell of a game, by the way. And um, that's going to be that's going to be very much a, a deciding game for home field advantage, probably throughout the NFC playoffs. San Francisco could get there, but they're going to need help. They're going to need a decent amount of help to overtake both those teams, especially with the Eagles sitting at 12-1. and one. Even the Cowboys are going to need help because they're going to play them once, but they need them to lose again from somebody else before the end of the year. So um, it's it's sort of the Eagles' seed to lose. All right, um, before we get to uh, Major League Baseball free agency and what is left, of course, I want to remind you to take a look at the Locked On Falcons podcast every day. Appreciate you making that your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast before we get to the Major League Baseball news. It's time to hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. Somebody says or does something stupid. We have to reward them. We have to remind them that they are dumb. And we do so with a shovel of wisdom right upside the head, a metaphorical shovel, if you will. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno. Of course, use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to NFL concussion protocol. Yeah, let's try that again. Nope, that didn't work. There we go. There we go. Uh, did you guys watch the Monday Night Football game? Did you see this? Um, what happened to Devontae Parker? Patriots wide receiver was wobbly after getting up after a hit in the first half. You know, the same sort of wobbly that Tua was back in the beginning of the year that got the, the NFL to change their, their concussion protocol, to change their, their uh, rules about if you get up and bobble, you are out of the game, no questions asked. Yeah, well, Parker was wobbly, and his teammate, Nelson Aguilar, had to signal the officials on, on the field during the game to stop the game and remove Parker before the next play. I mean... You're telling me the officials on the field, seven of them, all missed it. 
And the stadium concussion protocol guy from the booth missed it. And the only person who saw it was his teammate. Like, that's disgusting. On Tuesday, Devontae Parker called out the NFL in his Instagram story, writing, quote, get on y'all's bleeping jobs at NFL. And he thanked Algalore for being aware of the situation. Um, you can't you can't have this happen. You, you literally cannot have this happen, especially after you just changed the rules earlier this year after what happened to him. And nobody saw it. I'm not saying the rest got to be perfect, but that's the reason why you have a guy in the booth, okay, who isn't looking at spotting the ball. He's not worried about where guys are lining up. He's not worried about substitutions coming in and out of the game. He's not worried about any of those things. All he's got to look at to see if the dude who just got hit with the ball can't stand up straight. And it was pretty obvious and pretty apparent. And go back and look at the video of Nelson Algalor just like throwing his hands up in the air, yelling and screaming, you know, going nuts to get the officials' attention. Uh, yeah. Bad, bad look for the NFL. Not that the NFL actually cares. I think we know that by now that the NFL does not care. Uh, They say they do, but they don't. So that's why we're here. All right. um, Another day gone by. No signing of Dansby Swanson for the Atlanta Braves or anybody else for that matter. However, comma, late last night we get uh, Carlos Correa headed to the San Francisco Giants on a 13-year, $350 million deal. Man. <laughs> he, gets, he got the most money for an infielder ever, 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 ever. Fourth largest contract by total value in Major League Baseball history behind Mike Trout, $426 million. Mookie Betts, $365 million. And Aaron Judge has recently signed $360 million. 13 years, matches the longest contract ever for a free agent tying Bryce Harper's 13-year, $330 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay, now, what does this mean? Well, the short answer means is it's one more team off the list that Ansby Swanson could have gone to. Right now, I'd have to put the money on the Cubs as being the favorite to sign him. Obviously, the Red Sox, who lost Bogarts, are still out there. The Twins, who lost Correa, are still out there. And the Cardinals are another possible landing spot. Uh, of course, the Atlanta Braves. But do we all feel the same way right now, that it's so unlikely that he's back in a Braves uniform? Because it feels that way. It just does. Like it just At this point in time, it's more surprise if he comes back than anything else. Uh, yeah. And, you know, all, all the consternation uh, a little over 24 hours ago about Sean Murphy and the trade of him coming to the Braves, you know, I mean, it really is one of those things where uh, you look at the Braves right now and what they've done. Um, I don't know what it says to you, but on opening day next year, Let's just go down this. Michael Harris is going to be 22. Spencer Strider is 24. Ronald Acuna is 25. Austin Riley is 25. Ozzy Albies is 26. Kyle Wright's 27. Newly added Sean Murphy's 28. Matt Olson is 29. Max Freed is 29. That doesn't even include Vaughn Grissom, who's 22, and Mike Sirocco, who's 25. 
Charlie Morton's got to walk around that clubhouse going, all these kids are young enough to be my kids. So, yeah, maybe, just maybe, if the Braves don't get soon-to-be 29-year-old Dansby Swanson back, maybe they'll be okay. Right? Like, maybe they'll be okay. So, you know, I, uh, I, I don't have any real um, reservations about Dansby not being back, per se. But, again, I, I think from a standpoint, he's a really hard guy to replace. Um, he's really, really so much of a, uh, a piece of glue in that clubhouse. And we saw this year, at the beginning part of the year, we asked a ton after Freddie was gone. Like, who's the guy who keeps the clubhouse together? Who's the guy? Well, I don't know. It may take a little while again for that to be figured out. We may be asking the same question again. But then and only then will you truly feel the loss of Dansby Swanson and what he actually means to this organization. That's the part that's hard to replace. It's not easy. But don't ever, uh, don't. I, I don't think at this point in time anybody needs to ever doubt Alex Anthopoulos and where he is with his skills and what he's going to do and, and all that. I mean, this is, you know, this is child's play. As I've said repeatedly, he's playing chess, everybody else playing checkers. And oh, by the way, all those guys that I just named and everybody, I mean, remember, Harris is under contract, Strider's under contract, Cooney's under contract, Riley's under contract, Albies is under contract, Sean Murphy now under contract. I mean, Matt Olson under contract. The only guys that you haven't locked up long-term are Kyle Wright and Max Fried. Pretty good to me. And, of course, Sorokin, you know. But who knows where he's going to be? Maybe a fifth starter, who knows? And that's part of the reason why the Braves were able to part with Kyle Muller is because look at the depth they still have. Not only in the minors, but somehow if Ian Anderson gets it fixed, there's another fifth starting option. Braves are going to be okay, folks. Losing Dansby is going to stink, and it's not going to feel comfortable, and it's going to be different for a little while. But guess what? It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. All right, I appreciate you guys joining us here today. I want to remind you guys to make Locked On Falcons your first listen. appreciate you doing so. For your next listen, you've heard me tell you before, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's all right here. Uh, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you guys joining me here today. As always, you have a wonderful Wednesday. Make it a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.